Welcome to Dad Up, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. I appreciate the feedback I've received about the show. It's been helpful and encouraging, so I thank you. If you're new to the show, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. And also, please make sure to rate the show and share it with others. It goes a long way in the show continuing to grow. My guest today I'm very excited about on Dad Up is Henry DiCarlo. Henry is a three-time Emmy-winning and very successful, well-known meteorologist and sportscaster for KTLA Channel 5 Morning News. He started as a sports broadcaster in Palm Springs before obtaining his meteorology degree and transitioning into that role in Salt Lake City. A native of Southern California, Henry and his wife, Lisa, have two sons. As a family, they enjoy traveling, sports, and volunteering at animal-related events. I appreciate Henry taking the time to talk with me on Dad Up. In our conversation, he speaks to his bond that he has with his two sons and shares how much that bond means to him as a father. Please welcome Henry DiCarlo to Dad Up. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time out to uh, join us on uh, Dad Up today. I appreciate it. No problem. Happy to be with you. Been trying to get a hold of you for about a month. I knew you were the right guy to, to have on the show, so I'm really, really excited and, and thankful that you uh, accepted. So I'm looking forward to this. Same here. I appreciate you thinking of me. All right. Well, why don't we start with this, Henry? Why don't you uh, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, your story, your background, you know, a little bit about you, a little bit about your family. No problem. You know, Brian, first off, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast, and I appreciate you thinking of me. For your viewers that may not know who I am, I'm Henry DiCarlo. I'm a morning meteorologist for KTLA Channel 5. I've been with Channel 5 since 2010. I've been back in California. I say back because I was born and raised in the city of Orange, from Orange County, graduated Villa Park High School, went to Cal State Fullerton, have a communications degree from there, and a meteorology, meteorolo- <laughs> I can't even say my own uh, degree, meteorology degree. <laughs> I have a degree in meteorology from Mississippi State. I've been in the business for well over 25 years, started in Palm Springs, spent five years in Salt Lake City, spent a couple of years in in Seattle, Washington, and uh, as I mentioned, I've been here in Southern California since uh, 2002 when I was at uh, CBS KCAL. But I'm uh, a dad of two. I've been married for uh, almost 25 years, been with my wife Lisa for uh, over 25 years. You know, proud dad. I think probably like most of the dads that you talk to, that's right. how I identify. That's how I identify myself as a dad first, and a you know a, a weatherman, I guess, second. But that's a little history. That's a, that's a little uh, you know snapshot into my background. Did you ever think you would be working at a news station, or did you did you have other? Because I know you have an interest in sports and all that. So did you have an interest in maybe going that direction? Absolutely. In fact, that's where I thought I was going. I never envision being in weather. My degree in broadcasting was really to get into sports broadcasting, and I did some some work in sports. After I graduated, I went to work for KMIR, which is the NBC station in Palm Springs. I went there to do sports. I actually did sports there. I was a sportscaster and editor. I did film. We did it all. We used to call it a one-man band where you'd go out, you'd shoot your own video, you'd write your own stories, you'd edit your own video, and, and then you'd go on the air and, and you'd do it. I also was an editor for the main sports guy who was there, and so I would fill in. And the story that happened to me, I was probably doing sports for about a year out there, and that's where I figured I was going. That's what I always wanted to do or, you know, be a play-by-play announcer or something along those lines. One night I was working, I was actually doing sports, and the person, the, the female weather anchor, did not show up. And <laughs> I'll give you the 
it's kind of a funny story. Basically, her <laughs> the main, basically her the main anchor did not show up. And when they both showed up, it was obvious that they had uh, spent a few hours together drinking and who knows what else. But neither one of them <laughs> were in a condition to, to go on the air that night. So the news director who was there sent both of them, uh, you know, sent both of them home in a cab, said you guys are in no condition to go on TV. They kind of looked around and, and everyone's like, okay, well, we have two anchors, so we can deal with one anchor. We still have one, but we have nobody to do weather. I made the mistake of laughing because I was doing sports. And the news director looked at me. He's like, oh, you think it's funny, huh? How about you do weather tonight? And I'm like, I don't know anything about weather. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, it's Palm Springs. It's hot and, you know, sunny. Right. So get out there. So long story short, uh, I did weather that night. They ended up letting the weather person go. So that meant I was filling in and two weeks turned into, you know, three weeks. So I was doing both. I was doing sports and weather. And then one day I got a phone call from a news director in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, and he said he'd been vacationing in the desert and had seen me on TV and he might have a position for me and would I be interested in coming out for an interview? And I said, yes. Yeah. So I went out there and he started showing me all the weather equipment. And I made a mistake of not even asking him what the job was for because I figured, you know, I was a sports guy. That's what I did. Right, right. And he gets me out there. I'm like, well, where's the sports department? He's like, this is, uh, this is for a weather position. I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm not a weather guy. It's just kind of filling in, but you know, I was making I, I was making four twenty five an hour in Palm Springs, <laughs> minimum wage. I was barely getting by, and I got offered a pretty nice contract to go to Salt Lake City. I said, you know what, I'll see how this goes, and uh, I've never looked back. I, I've had opportunities to get back into sports. In fact, when I was at CBS KCAL, they gave me an opportunity, but by that time, I had become so entrenched in doing weather, and I enjoyed it. And went back and got a meteorology degree while I was still working at CBS KCAL. And I haven't looked back. I've had chances I probably could get back into sports. But, but now I enjoy so much what I'm doing. And, it's, right. uh, you know, there's, there's, I, I, I'm happy at the place that I'm at right now. Right. Yeah, you can certainly tell. I mean, I, I see the, the relationship that you have with the other crew members. So it, it, You know, it's a great place to work. I had a really nice environment when I was in Salt Lake City. You know, I, I worked with Megan Henderson in Salt Lake City, and we had a great chemistry there. Uh, we had a great team. I never thought I would have what I had in Salt Lake City. It was just a great job all the way around. But KTLA, this has by far been the best job. The environment is great. People always comment, hey, well, we really like about the show. It seems like you guys really like each other, and, and that's true. We do. We're all friends. We all you know, talk and text, even on our days off, we care about each other's family and, and the environment there is so unique. And you see it not just on our show, but on, on, on all the shows. I mean, it, they just, you don't see it very much, very often, but I think that's what makes KTLH a popular station. I think people really feel that they know who we are because we really are who we are on TV, which is, which is something you can all get. Right. Well, that's cool. So you have you have two boys, right? I do. I have two boys. Hank, my oldest son, Henry the Third. He he's nineteen. He goes to the University of Colorado, so he's up in Boulder and he's enjoying that. And then I also have a fifteen-year-old sophomore in uh, high school named Jack. So uh, Jack and Hank, my two boys, starting to get older on me, which I which I'm not happy about. Uh, I, I know, right? I have a senior now at Western Christian in Upland. I have a uh, my my other son's a junior at the Grand Canyon University in Arizona. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's good for them. You know, they're, they, they feel like they're away, but, you know, I, I know we'd like to have them a little closer, but at least it's, it's a short it's a short plane ride or a car ride away. Right. You know, it's so, it's just cliche or it's just so weird when your kids go away and they kind of 
you know, are sprouting their wings and you're not doing all the things that you were doing when you were younger with them, taking them to sports, you know, practices and lessons and this and that. When they go away and then when they come back, it's just, just hanging out and being in a room, going to a movie or whatever, it's the, you know, the best joy that you get as a parent. It's just when your kids come back and just spending time, that's the most important thing. So I know your boys probably play sports. Did you coach? Absolutely. That's the great thing about my particular job. You know, when, when people, because I work 4 to 7 a.m. in the morning, I live in Orange County, I drive all the way in. People, first thing they ask always is generally, what time do you get up in the morning? And I say, generally get up at 2.30 in the morning. The first thing they say is, Oh, I can never do that. And I'd like to tell them all the reasons why I know they would do that because the benefits, I, I do get up early in the morning, but I am home so early. I get a chance to take a nap, re- recharge myself, but I've never missed anything with, with my family. And that has been the most important thing to me. And to answer your question, yes, I did all of those things and I loved it. And it was really hard when baseball ended because that was kind of our sports. But I coached baseball, you know, little league for all the boys. I did rec basketball with them. I did five football with them. But many of, you know, the best times that I've had with my boys have been on a baseball field. They were all passionate, both passionate about it. So, you know, I did all those things and I loved it. And, and when it ended, it was really tough. There was a big void and I, I had to kind of rechannel my energies and put them in other places. And you find mm-hmm. that it was so much a part of my identity and what I did, you know, on a daily basis, whether it was a practice or a game or prep and all that stuff. But my son is, uh, my youngest son, Jack, he's a sophomore. He's transitioned to golf and golf and baseball are both spring sports. So he had to choose one. He chose golf. It was the right decision for him. It was very good. Uh, and he's uh, doing very well at the, at the high school on the, on the team. Um, cool. Yeah. Now, now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just a spectator. Oh, well, I had, uh, I had kind of the same opportunity. I, I coached my older son at, on his varsity basketball team. That's great. Enjoy that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one day I get the, into coaching at a, you know, maybe a little league or something. It might be nice to have a team without a kid on it. So you, you know, don't have to worry about all that. That's right. on your way. But I enjoy that there's special times and it's so important. And then, you know, your kids in the moment may not recognize it, but as they get older, they do appreciate all the time and effort and just the time spent together. It's, it's good quality time. So enjoy every minute of it while you can. Absolutely. Now that leads me into my question. Is that, is that probably what you enjoy most about being a dad? You know, there are a number of different things. Those are the, I mean, we had so many great memories out on an athletic field. It was just about going out and doing stuff together. It wasn't necessarily didn't have to mean, you know, a, a particular play or, or whatever the case may be. It was just, I really enjoyed that. But, you know, our, my boys and I, my entire family were very close. So, you know, sports definitely was, you know, revolved a lot around athletics, but we've done a lot of camping together. We take trips together. We go eat together. So I think it's just all of those things, but sports has definitely been probably the main theme growing up. What do you think are the challenges though? You know, challenges, I think most parents face the same challenges. Connecting, right? I mean, just connecting with your, with your child, getting them to, to listen, you know, getting them to understand that, you know, it, it, you may be older and times may be different, but you still have things that you can tell them and and things that can help them. And sometimes it's hard, I think, to reach a child because they want to kind of not really blow you off, but they want to dismiss what you have to say as being out of touch. And I think the the, the key is communication. We've been so 
open my wife Lisa and I with our kids from a very early age talking to them and telling them and telling them that you know what certain things could lead to my kids perfect no 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 nobody has I think they have a great base they have a great foundation I think they have a group you know exceptional chance of, of, of doing great things because of, of that but you know the challenges are I think are all the same for parents just you know trying to raise your children to, to realize that their actions have consequences and they really need to be careful you know we could do stuff when we were younger and thank right. goodness everything was on video or snapchat or all of these things and in, in the moment kids think they're doing stuff and it's harmless and it's you know and it's fun and all that stuff and and, and it is but now everything can be turned and used against you, not just mm-hmm. today, but tomorrow, you know, years from now. And I think that's the main obstacle, I think, is just trying to get them to understand that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially with social media. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole, I mean, it's a, it's a good news, bad news, you know, situation, but it is what it is. I mean, every generation has had something where the previous generation says, oh, my goodness, that's evil. I mean, I remember growing up, you know, I grew up in the 80s and, you know, I listened to, you know, I was a K-Rock person, you know, for, you know, where it was just you know, alternative music. But every once in a while, you know, I like some rock. I like the, you know, Ozzy Osbourne or Iron Man. Uh-huh. And, you know, my parents thought listening to that meant you were, you know, satanic, you know, not my parents were great parents. I so don't get me wrong, but you know, there was always that talk like, Oh, that's devil music or satanic music. So, so like, Oh my goodness, this is the end you know, and you know, it could be daunting as parents, but I think you just have to learn to adjust and try to connect with your kids on that level or else you're going to lose them. Communication is key for sure. Yep. How did your life change when you became a dad? Henry? You know, it's interesting because I get asked that question a lot. I think the answer at the core, maybe, you know, you may use different words or examples or everything, but I think for any parent, any good parent, anyone, you know, I think it just centers your life. You begin to realize that life does not revolve around you. Every decision you make does not have to be an end for something good for you. It it teaches you that you have to make uh, sacrifices and you have to make decisions for your family and that are good for your kids. So I think in a lot of ways, it makes you, a le- or it should make you a far less selfish person, uh, a more mature person and somebody that uh, hopefully you could be a role model to your, to your children and, and teach them, learn from your mistakes, but also know they're going to make those same mistakes and you need to be right. there to help them navigate through that. Absolutely. And they're watching. Oh, my goodness. That, that I mean, they are watching. You know, it's really interesting because, you know, with kids, when they're really young and they're in the back of the car and they're crying, I mean, I'm talking they're in their, you know, car seat or whatever. You know, what is one of the first things you learn as a parent is that art of, you know, deflection, you know, give them a pacifier and say, hey, look at that. Or, hey, I mean, and it's good. You can take their attention away and kind of focus it. But what happens is as they get older, you start doing these things, but you don't realize because at some point these kids get really smart and you're not fooling them. <laughs> and, and, you know, these little tricks and things or, or the, you know, sometimes as parents, and I mean, about, you know, we try to manipulate our children and we try to, you know, say things and, you know, eventually they look right through it and they can see right through it. That's when that communication is the key. When you sit there and say, you know what, this kid may be really young, but they're growing into, you know, an adulthood or whatever the case may be. And you have to, change the way that you parent because the function is longer work. Absolutely. It includes disciplining too. You have to, you have to, you have to be careful on how you discipline, especially with a, you know, spouse involved. <laughs> That's always the key, right? Your spouse, you may have different ways 
um, exactly. you, you know, to, to, to discipline. I think I'm very lucky. Lisa and I have a lot of the same ways. Sometimes, you know, we have a lot of, you, you can have the same views on things, but maybe your, your technique of, of the way you hand them out might be a little different. So that might draw a, a little conflict, you know, with, with your spouse. You know, discipline, here's the thing. I remember when we had our first child, Hank, we got that book, you know, what to expect when you're expecting. I'm sure it's still out there. Right. And it's a great book because it gives you kind of general ideas. But the issue is, and, and this is nothing new, this is nothing that I've come up with. I think every parent, not, you know, every kid is different. It's crazy. You could have two boys like I do, and each boy in a lot of ways is completely different, which works. Mm-hmm. What works for one will not work for the other. Right. So the challenge is, as a parent, I think they're just trying to figure out, okay, what works, what doesn't work. When does the discipline become too harsh? When is it too soft? I think that's always the balance because kids, you know, all of us, we do need uh, we do need boundaries. Kids do need some discipline. They need to know what's what's right or wrong. I think we live and I think we live in a society where it's okay to push boundaries and push back. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but what I'm saying is I think it's a lot easier for kids to grow up where they can say, I don't have to do that. I don't have to listen to that. Oh, these people. And I think in a lot of ways that could be really, uh, that that's not entirely good. I think there's a balance. I think, you know, you want to be strong and, and stand up for yourself, but there also has to be that line where you need to teach, you know what, you can't, do that. That is not acceptable. This not only this person, but to potentially hurt yourself. So, you know, that's where discipline comes in. And that's where you really need to, as parents go, okay, what's worth fighting for? Do we just kind of give them this one or, or, or go softer on this one? And that's where you and your wife or your spouse, whoever it is, you need to communicate these things. How are we handle it because this is the worst thing as parents and we've done this trust me so i'm not scolding or talking down on anyone because this this has happened to lisa and i the worst thing that can happen is when you discipline and in the midst of that discipline the other one kind of comes to the child age say hey you know what only because you got to be strong i'm not saying that other parents shouldn't you know you need to remove yourself in front of the child because that's the one thing. It's like, hey, wait a minute. We need to be strong on this. If I need to back down a little bit, that's fine. Let's have the conversation. We'll redirect it. But we, we can't let our we can't pit our kids on one side or the other against the other one. Right. And they'll use that if they see that. Absolutely. They're smart. They're they're they are so smart. We want to think that they're not. And they see everything and they learn everything and, and you know that's why I feel it's really important for parents to realize you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things with your children that you wish you didn't do, or maybe you went too far, or maybe you did this, or, or, or whatever the uh, case may be. But it's okay to tell your kids, hey, you know what, I messed up. You know, maybe I overreacted. Maybe I, you know, I did that. I think kids need to see that as a parent, it's right. not my way or the highway all the time, because you're going to lose your child. If you don't, and so, you know, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to tell your child, hey, look, you know what? Made a mistake. This is what I, you know, whatever, however you want to handle it. That's how you handle it. Yeah. And it's it's important to um, have that line of communication with them. And as long as you, as long as they understand what you're saying and you're not, you're not battling with your wife over, over the issue, understand what you're saying, they will, uh, they'll adjust. And as part of the um, talk about the boundaries, those boundaries, those boundaries can be set outside the home, too. I mean, it comes in their circle of friends as well, right? Absolutely. And you want them to be the ones to maybe help set those boundaries. I mean, you want to give them 
you know, confidence and, and, and hopefully the power to stand up if they see something that they're not comfortable with. I mean, we, I could go down the long list of things that we have talked to our children for years, even long before they were driving, talking about drinking and driving and, 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 you know, all of the things that as parents you worry about. And I will say this on top of it, and I think parents make a big mistake, and this is what they do. They try to talk to their kids and tell them stuff they shouldn't do and, and act as if they never did those things. Meaning, look, I know what I was doing in high school. I think I was a good kid, and I had a conscience. But I also know that, you know, you know 15, 16, 17, hey, sometimes you do knuckleheaded stuff. Sometimes you try stuff you probably shouldn't, whatever. And it's naive to think that your kids aren't going to be in a situation like that. And I think you need to, if you really want your kids to respect what you're saying, you need to let them know that you actually understand what they're going through and you've been in situations and maybe you failed in certain situations because, you know, once once you come at them as just an authoritarian, they're, they're going to kind of tune you out. You know, where is that fine line between, between saying too much and not enough? I think it's different for everyone. But my point is don't try to pretend you're somebody that you that you weren't, so to speak. I mean, you know, we all did stuff. Your kids are going to do stuff. That doesn't mean it means that it's okay. And you don't tell them why. But I think I think they need to identify with you like, hey, you know what? Maybe my dad and mom are, were kind of cool at one point. Or, you know, maybe they do kind of know what I'm going through. <laughs> They'll learn that at some point, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think my son's starting to come around now. He's, he's 21 now, and I think he's starting to realize, okay, maybe mom and dream know what they're talking about a little bit. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want. You know, I, we, we talk about it all the time. I tell my wife, I said, you know what the goal is here? Our kids are going to go out, and they're going to do great things, and then they're going to do bad, and they're going to make mistakes. But, if, you know, no matter what happens, you, you want them when they're faced with something where they're like, okay, you know what? I don't know. I kind of know I shouldn't be doing this. And you kind of got that little devil on one shoulder. You want that good conscience, that little angel on the other shoulder. You just want them to think because you know what? That's the goal as a parent. You know, they're not going to be perfect all the time, but you want them to make the best choice they can. You know, the majority, you know, more often than not limit the bad possibilities. And, it, you know, we can't be a hundred percent right with our kids and, and all that. You just want to limit the risk. And the way you do that is just talking to them, you know, right. telling them what you went through, trying to get them to understand that you identify and, you know, you're not going to be perfect all the time. It's just nobody is. Right. Absolutely right. Shifting gears a little bit. Now, your, 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 son, your son's in college. Any plans on maybe following a role, following your steps? Um, you know, if my kids wanted to do that, I would be completely fine. I've never pushed it. You know, I've had a great career. I think the profession has changed quite a bit. And usually when older people, and I consider myself an older person in this profession, I've been doing it for 25 years. Usually when people talk about that, it's a negative thing. And it's only because things have changed and they're not willing to adapt to the change. And so they think like, oh, the good old days were better and stuff like that. The business has changed. My parents are, my, my kids see me as a very, you know, experienced, you know, they only know me as the person that, that, that is where, I am today. They don't know all of the hard work and all the sacrifices and, and all the things that I did to get to this place. And and the reason why I say that is I try to tell them, hey, you know what? My job looks easy. It is easy. I get paid well, but you don't just go out of college and get to where I am. It, these right. are the steps you got to do with anything in your life. If you're willing to do it, then you can get there and you can succeed in anything you want to do. But just because my job looks easy, 
easy. Don't t- don't take my job. You know, go do what you want to do because that's the most important thing. What's your passion? What's going to get you up at 2.30 in the morning and, and curse that alarm clock? But by the time you get into work saying, you know what, I got a good thing here. You know, that, how many people love their job? I love my job. I want my kids to love their job, not do it because they think it's easy. Right. Well, that's, that's an excellent point. Now, what about your younger son? Is he thinking about maybe a golf career? Is he looking into being a professional or? <laughs> Um, you know, I think he enjoys it. I don't think he's, uh, he, you know, no, I don't think my, my, my younger son, Jack, is really looking into being a firefighter. I mean, he's okay. he talked about that, and, you know, and I would love that for him. I think it's an honorable profession. I've met so many, you know, men and women who are, are, are firefighters or law enforcement for for that matter. And, and I would be, I would be proud of him if that's what he wanted to do. And I think knowing his personality, I think he would be fantastic at it. But he's, he's the only one of the two boys that have actually said, you know, dad, maybe I'll, you know, he loves sports, so he, he talks about doing a, a podcast or getting into sports radio, you know. Right. So who knows? It may not be weather, but I could see him getting to a sports, you know, side of well, things. That's my younger son, Brett. That's what he wants to do. Actually. He originally wanted to be a pastor of a church, and now he's, and he's leaning towards some sort of broadcasting of sports that is biblically related. Oh, my goodness. That would be great. You know, there's so many Christian radio stations, too. I'm sure that would be actually a kind of refreshing. I'm not sure if somebody kind of does that or, uh, you know, but I mean, there'd be a lot of good uh, opportunities for that. Like I told you, you might be on something. I, I think you're right. I mean, it caught me. I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. And you know, there's more and more people that are looking for faith, faith-based, you know, just, it, it doesn't have to be down your, you know, shoving Christianity or religion or any type of, you know, religion or belief down your throat. But I think they, you know, people are interested in that, at, at least just some sort of, you know, higher level, whatever you want to call it. And I think, I think he's on to yeah. something. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. He's, he's finishing up his, his senior year in high school and got some colleges he's looking at, so we'll see. Excellent. What advice would you give the new dads, Henry? New dads or soon-to-be dads? New dads, soon-to-be dads. Listen, I'll tell you, it's not just about your kids. It's, it's about your wife, and this is something I didn't really realize. After you have your first child, your second child, but certainly your first child as a dad, and you're typically a young dad, your wife will go through many emotional and physical changes, and a lot of times they don't even realize they're going going through those, or maybe things are happening, they don't know why, or maybe there's things that are a little bit different between you and as a father, you need to understand that that is normal. And what your wife is going through is normal. And she needs your support through that. She does not need you to combat it with what's happened, why, whatever. And I don't want to scare any dads and saying that it's subtle things. I'm not talking about it. It could be drastic, but it could be subtle things. And I think as dads, if you could, just like you would try to maybe go to the internet or brush up on how to be a good dad, how to be a good husband, how to understand. I think that will make the entire environment better for the family because your kids pick up on everything. As they're young and they're babies and stuff, obviously they don't pick up on stuff. But you want to set a good foundation with your spouse because the worst thing you could do is raise your, your kids in a hostile environment. And as we talked about earlier, kids are smart. Just because you're not yelling at each other, if there's tension... They feel it, they sense it, they get it, and it bothers them. Whether they tell you or not, they go to bed with it, they wake up with it, and it's really important that that parents know that. Right. All right, if you had the secret to uh, raising good kids, what do you think that secret would be? Communication. You know what? You cannot spend enough time with your kids, especially at a younger age. I, I wish I knew what I know now, back when, you know, I was young. You you 
younger, but you know what? It's, it's time. And you know what is reading to your kids, even when they're just little infants is so important. Studies show it, but you know what? My first son, we read much more to him. And my second son, only because of life and you're throwing in the second son and we have thought and just everything going on, you know, we read to him, but we didn't read every single night like we did. And I think it made, you know, a diff, a, a, you know, I think it makes a difference. That would be, you know, but it, that goes back to your question. Just spend time when you're at the dinner table. You know, we still eat together at the dinner table. And, you know, sometimes you don't have that luxury because, you know, you might have one kid that's, do, you know, at the tutor, another one that's at a softball, another one that's at little league, you know, whatever. I get it. I'm not, I'm not putting down any family that can't do that. But if you have the opportunity to do it, you should do it. And, you know, we still, we, we, we put our phones down, you know, sometimes it's Monday night football and there's a good game and my wife pushes pause and I'm like, but I'm like, okay, you know, (laughs) we're here at the dinner table, you know, but, you know, but it's good. And you know what, you know, we just talk and it doesn't have to be like, you know, everyone sits down, Hey, what did you do? You know, it doesn't have to be formal or rigid. It's just, being together without distraction, it's participating in every little thing that your child does because you may not think it's important, but it's important to them, the drawing they make for you. You know, put it on the refrigerator, you know, pin it on your wall. Well, you know, all of those things are so are, are so very important. That's absolutely. That's a great answer. And, you know, it's funny because kids, and they grow up so fast. Oh. Tell me. And, I know. And you, you, you got older boys now. My boys are older, and and it's so, uh, it's so crazy how fast the time goes. So it's important to spend that quality time that you do have as much as you can, as, as often as possible, um, to make it uh, to make it count for sure. Absolutely. I mean that 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 is the key because then it's gone. I mean I'm starting to get a little bit of that, and you really right. you know you reflect. But you know spend 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 as much time as you can. That that's definitely the key. Yeah. Well, Henry, look, I'm going to let you go. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're a super busy guy, especially this time of year. You're, you're often out and doing stuff at different um, uh, uh, organizations and fundraisers and stuff like that. So I just want you to know I'm a huge fan of you. I'm a huge fan of your morning crew. I watch you guys every morning. My wife and I both do. And uh, I'm so thankful that you agreed to come on and talk about your experiences with dad. So I just want to just let you know that I really appreciate you, brother, and I appreciate uh, how well you're representing the dad. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the podcast. And anytime, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to come on. And Absolutely. Well, thank you very much again, Henry, and uh, take care. Thank you again to Henry for talking with me on Dad Up today. Henry cherishes his role as a father and takes it very seriously. Even though his boys are a little older, he appreciates the time he gets to spend with them and takes advantage of it as often as he can. Henry represents the Dad Up community very well. If you don't follow Henry on Instagram or Twitter, please be sure to do that. Also check out KTLA Channel 5 Morning News, the best news station in Southern California. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. The show is continuing to grow very quickly, but it's still important to share the show with other dads. There may be a dad out there that this show could really help, so make sure you share it. Each week, my schedule is filling up with guests, so please stay tuned for new episodes. Also, please make sure you rate the show and share the show with others. It would be awesome if you could do that for me. If you have comments, questions, suggestions for guests or would like to be a guest yourself, please make sure you let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at CoachBWard, or you can email me at DadUpTribe at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. 
Thanks for listening. This is Dad Up.